You're listening to the Play, Teach, Talk podcast. I'm Tiffany Thompson, a speech pathologist with over 20 years of expertise in working with children under three years of age and their families to help them understand language and communicate more effectively. My specialty is in working with emerging communicators with few or no true words to reduce their frustration, help them interact and play with their peers and family, and learn to truly enjoy the back and forth of functional communication throughout their daily routines. This podcast is not intended to diagnose speech-language disorders, but is more of a general set of suggestions for children who are experiencing delays in their language skills. For recommendations or therapy specific to your child's needs, consultation or evaluation with a licensed speech-language pathologist in your city is highly suggested. The holidays are about six weeks away. For many of us, it'll be the first time we've been around family or friends in a long time. Do you have concerns about your child's language skills? Or would you like strategies to help your child's language skills improve in the time between now and your first gathering? Please visit my website at playteachtalk.com and click on the To Courses link. I offer a six-week basics course that gives you all of the specifics about how to set up your home, choose toys, and play with your child to enhance their speech development. Developmental milestone charts are also provided to help you decide which goals to work on that are appropriate for your child's age, and I map out a six-week plan to help you check in on your progress. Following the course is a live Q&A session where I answer your questions. If you have more questions about the courses, check out the Parent Information Session video at the bottom of the courses page. It gives an outline of the information available. I hope to see you this fall at my courses. This is Season 3, Episode 12 of the Play, Teach, Talk podcast, Feeding Issues That Relate to Behavior. This is the final Feeding Issues episode I'm going to do because I wanted to cover all of the other causes for feeding issues, and there are probably a couple more that I'm I'm missing. I may fill in later, but um, in most cases, behaviors around feeding can have to do with these other issues. So if you feel like your child is all of a sudden refusing things out of the blue and you you can't figure out why, or they've always been picky in this way, or they always reject X type of food, it's important to go back and kind of look at these other areas that I mentioned before you look at the behavior and then see if those things can possibly be related to other issues like GI issues, anything related to the gastrointestinal tract. If children have reflux, you may find that they have certain things that they don't want to eat for that very reason. They're avoiding milk. They're avoiding um, anything that, or now they're not avoiding milk, actually. Reflux uh, patients tend to like things like milk and avoid things like juices. Um, They might actually even prefer water. They limit how much food that they eat. Same with kids who have constipation. They might be just taking the edge off of their hunger and grazing all day. And in those cases, it's very important to try to see if you can't work with getting their hunger levels up and spacing out their meals a little better to help them eat larger volumes of food at their mealtimes. Um They could be having issues based on the fact that they are neurodivergent and they are perceiving the foods that they are eating in different ways and novelty is scary or texture 
is is um, bothersome. They don't like things of certain textures and aren't willing to try, or they'll reject things completely on site. Uh, and then one thing I did not uh, mention in other episodes is sometimes kids, if they have ever had a choking incident in their life, you may find a, a huge decrease in eating foods or reluctance or fear around that. Um, that one, one choking incident can really throw a child off and make it very difficult for them to feel comfortable with eating again. Another thing that you might find is if a child has a fever or an illness and their appetite goes away, that once they've fully recovered from that illness, if it's a cold or if it's RSV or a fever or anything like that, you may see a lot more pickiness after a child has been through that that situation. I, I have gotten referrals for feeding therapy for kiddos who have had that very thing happen. They got sick and maybe they weren't the best eaters or they were pickier or didn't eat large volumes before. But once that cold happened or once that fever happened, things got a lot worse. Um, so that's something to think about. If, you're, if your child is sick, there might be an issue with feeding. Then there's the typical child's uh, variability from day to day in what they eat. I think in some cases, if your child's not showing pickiness or there aren't any big weight concerns, you know, they seem like a pretty typically developing kid, but for the most part, you're seeing uh, it's so weird. One day she'll, she'll eat a food or she'll have a great appetite and the next day she won't eat anything at all. Or she'll like this food every day for like three weeks and she loves it. And then you wake up the next Monday morning and she won't eat it. <laughs> so those kind of things are actually very typical for kids who are younger as they are exploring foods to go through eating jags or having a preference for something and, and then not wanting to see it. And in some cases, that really is a child following their own appetite. And I think we, we do, especially in the U.S., have kind of maybe a distorted view about eating because we expect to eat on a schedule. We expect to eat basically the same things and basically the same amounts um, or be able to snack all day. And I think kiddos are sometimes a little better at their ages at knowing when they're hungry and when they're not and refusing food that's on a schedule if they're not hungry. So there is a very, uh, there's a range of variability of appetite and what kids will eat and what they won't. And sometimes kids will refuse entire meals. And that is, that is typical. That's expected. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to a couple of my favorite websites that I go to and Instagram accounts that I go to. There are two great, great websites. Um, Feeding Littles is one of the Instagram uh, accounts that I follow. I'm sure they have a website too, but they are a great team and they do wonderful with the visuals and show you, you know, what, what you should expect, what, what to expect when you give a child food and things that you can do. There's great tips and tricks there. Another one is Melanie Potok and she is kind of like one of the big, big names in feeding therapy. And she has a website called My Munchbug and she also has an Instagram account that I think is Melanie Melanie Potok or My Munchbug. I think I follow both of those, but they have really, really good advice if you have questions. Melanie Potok especially um, recommends lots of different types of spoons and, and cups if you're concerned about cups and 
ways to present food that might help your child work on chewing and swallowing. Uh, but it's just, it, it is important to, if you, if you see a child with a per particular behavior around eating, if they just seem to be okay with food one day and the other day not, that may be very typical. If you have concerns ever about your child gaining enough weight, if your child seems to vomit a lot, vomiting is not is not a typical thing. Once kids get past the spit up stage when they bottle feed, it is not typical for children to vomit. So if you feel like you're seeing your child having vomiting incidences, it could be related to texture. You're seeing that they're eating a certain texture of food and it's making them gag and then vomit. That, that is not typical. So that would be something to maybe take to a feeding therapist in a hospital or clinic. If you feel like your child's weight is very, very low and you need someone to help you, that might be great for a feeding therapist or a nutritionist or dietitian to talk to you about. Uh, as I spoke about in the beginning uh, episode about feeding therapy, ideally, because there are so many causes of why there might be feeding issues, as I explained in these other episodes, because of all of that, it is ideal for you to have a team of people. Because if you have someone who's looking at GI systems and someone is looking at maybe their neurological systems and maybe they are neurodivergent and you have someone who's looking at um, chewing skills, a speech therapist is looking at the chewing skills or, or there's an OT who's looking at fine motor skills to see if they can feed themselves foods properly or that there's maybe lower or over sensation in the mouth that's causing them to have some issue with textures or to overstuff. Having a whole team of people can make it a lot easier to pinpoint what the exact reason is that your child is having issues with feeding and can make getting that diagnosis and then getting the correct strategies and treatments in place so that your child can make the best progress that they can. So I will put the links to those Instagram accounts into the show notes. Uh, but hopefully that kind of gives you a better picture of why kids might have behaviors around feeding in the first place. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would help me greatly if you subscribe or leave a five-star review. For additional content, including YouTube videos, articles, handouts, and help catered specifically to your child's needs, please visit playteachtalk.com.